Shalom, and welcome to Bible Stories as Blueprints of the Soul, your Biblical Hebrew podcast. Shalom and good morning. Today we shall read a verse from Exodus 2.12 and see what is happening to Moses in Egypt. Let's read the verse and then converse about it. But let's start with 11 because this is where everything starts. And it was in those days. And Moses grew up. And he went for his brothers. And he saw that they were suffering. And he saw Egyptian man beating up a Hebrew man from his brothers. What does it mean? Because as we said before, the Bible is not description of history. It's not beautiful literature. It's not an archaeologist review, psychological digests and so so what does it mean? But before we ask what does it mean, we have to make a forward. The law, the Egyptian law, so to speak, to throw the male into the water and let the female live, describes something else. It's not just physical babies, like people think Pharaoh thought about hard law to beat the people. No, this is how the life is going on on earth. Egypt is the world of duality, since it's it's not description of history, so Egypt in general. Mitzrayim is the description of our life, of duality, of commerce, of making progress, uh, making profit all the time, developing things, ex- extensive, exponential development of things without relating back to the source, to the tree of life. This is our world, Egypt. Egypt is not just historical kingdom. This is how the world behaves. So when the law of throwing the babies into the water is not really a law that somebody thought deliberately to make and to harm and to write it on paper and to command. No, this is... What the Bible describes is not just hallucination of somebody from his head or an evil king. This is how the world behaves. What is a male in Hebrew? Zachar. Zachar. A male, Zachar, is the one who remembers the soul. The human soul is a male. Relatively, the human body, which is a female. Again, the human soul is a male. And the human body, it doesn't matter if it's feminine biologically or masculine, is relatively female to the soul. Because the soul remembers Zachar, male, Zohar, remembers the male aspect in us is the one who remembers 
So what the Bible describes as throwing the male aspect into the water is not a law that people initiate in the old congregation of Egypt. This is how the world behaves. The world behaves by denying the soul. This is what the law means to throw the little baby's male into the water, meaning to deny their existence. All the double, all the aspect of duality, as we say in Hebrew, water, maim, is dual, like Mitzrayim. Aim in Hebrew is always the mark of duality, like Ofanaim, bicycle, like Garbaim, socks, like Mishkafaim, glasses. So Maim, also water, has a dual aspect, the river of time. Time is like a river. So what does it mean to throw the male into the water? It's not a physical action. This is by looking all the time what is happening outside of us to the world of duality. We are denying the soul. We are denying the source. By participating more and more in duality, in external life, this is to kill the male part in us, to throw it into the water. This is what it means. It's not just an old vicious law. This is how the world behaves. And what does it mean that to let the baby girls live? This is duality. Anyways, this is how the, it, it fits. This is dual and this is water dual. So it fits. You don't have to do anything. But to exterminate the male aspect, to denial the life of the soul. This is also why the ancient river in English listened to this interesting vocal sense. In Hebrew we say Nilus. Nilus. In English, the Nile. The Nile. And now the verb to denial something. To denial. To throw the male aspect, the soul, into the water of the Nile, to deny the existing of the soul, of our source. This is what it means. This is not a Grim Brother tale, just legend of old ancient people. This is what happening is happening all the time. We deny the life of the soul. We deny the male aspect in us, the one who remembers. But God had another plan. He has a strategy named Teva. Teva is not just a box in English or an ark. In Hebrew, Teva is also a word. A word. How do we save the male aspect in us that he will not be throwing into the water of denial, to the water of time? We store the male aspect in us in a word. By living in a word, 
Teva, we return into the source. We remember Teva, Taf, Bet, Hey. In Aramit, Taf and Shin, they are replacing. So the Teva, Taf, Bet, Hey, turns into Shin, Bet, Hey. Sheva, Shiva, to return by encapsulating our minds in a word. Teva, we can return to the source. And this is what the mother of Moses did. So Moses' mother not just put him in external arc, but the image is that the mother aspect in us, the understanding. Mother is the quality of understanding. Understanding understands that to save the male aspect within us, which is the soul, the mother understands she has to encapsulate the male aspect within a word, a word, and then she can save the male aspect from the troubles of time. This is what this story means in an inner aspect. Let's move on a bit to the moment we read this verse. The daughter of Pharaoh found Moses. What does it mean, the daughter of Pharaoh? Pharaoh is not just an ancient king, is the king that tries to govern our life in Egypt here. Pharaoh in Hebrew, paro, pereo, bad mouth, always speaking bad at things, at people, at events, always see the bad aspect of things. Also, paro, four letters. From those four letters, we can establish a new combination, Orifashim, the nape of God. It's not the face of God, the mercy, the nape. Everything is bad, everything is black, and so on. The daughter of Pharaoh, an aspect of his, notice there is a box over water. Moses is growing up at the palace of the king Pharaoh and one day he goes out and see two people and see his brothers are suffering. What does it mean a brother? A similar aspect. Ach, in Hebrew, Ach, Alephet, is two letters which are borrowed from the word one. Echad. Echad is one. Ach is Echad without the Dalit, without the community. So Ach, a brother, is the one who unifies us. Ach. So we see his brother, similar aspect of his that unify. And he sees Egyptian man beating up a Hebrew man from his brothers. 
and they're beating up each other. But if we take this description and try to box it in as inner image, what does it mean? The Egyptian man and the Hebrew man are two aspects within us. The Egyptian man, in Hebrew, ish, ish, from esh, fire, or from yesh, entity. So the Egyptian entity in us, the duality, make more money, make more children, make more profit, make more development, beat up others, rise up the ladder. This is the Egyptian aspect within us. Beating up the Hebrew aspect, ish ivri. Hebrew, man, ish, again, man, from yesh, entity, or from esh, fire. Ish Mitzri, Egyptian man, Egyptian entity, beating up a Hebrew entity. What does it mean, Hebrew entity? We discussed about the Egyptian entity. What, what does it mean to be Hebrew entity? Hebrew, Ivri, from Avar, to pass is the aspect within us who passed, who already passed the river of time and see beyond the river of time, sees the infinity, sees the root, sees the source and communicate it to it. So again, this battle that the Moses, so to speak, is evidencing in Egypt, in the, the world of duality, Inside of us, there are two powers, two entities which are conflicting. The Egyptian thinks that the multiplicity is everything. So the fire who behaves like this, fire, esh, or yesh entity, beating up the Hebrew perspective, the Hebrew entity or the Hebrew fire. The Hebrew fire or the Hebrew entity wants to see beyond time, to relate to the source, to relate to the origin, to relate to the one. And the aspect of duality beating up the Hebrew entity who wants to connect to the one. Those are struggles inside of us. And we read the 12th verse. Vaif and Kovacho. It's about Moses. He turned so and so that way or the other way. Ko this is very interesting, to the one way and to the other way. And he saw there is no man, and he beat up the Egyptian man, and he put him in the sand. If somebody, if a director would see this sentence, he would probably um, show Moses looking right way or the other way. And there's no man, there's no somebody there to guard, no policeman or teacher, no judge, no one like in a grocery shop when nobody attends. And then a child can pick a chewing gum and go out from the shop and don't, nobody, nobody will notice. So to speak, this is the external picture in us when we notice the Egyptian element beating the Hebrew element in us because the Hebrew wants to cross the river of time. He already crossed it. He wants, he knows there's one. He wants to reach it all the time. But inside of us, there are imminent struggles and the Egyptian entity or Egyptian perspective beating the Hebrew 
and Moses in us because the Moses aspect in us, Moses exists in every, in each and every one of us. Moses, Moshe, is the same letters like Hashim. And Moses in us so sees the struggle between the Egyptian perspective to the hero perspective. And Moses looks this to this side and to the other side. And he sees there is no other entity but him. He has to make a decision. Nobody will decide for him what to do. No father, no mother, no teacher, no priest, no imam and other sages. There's only him in the struggle. What, what should he do? And he is beating up the Egyptian in him, the one who preached for duality and for wealth and for exploiting other people. He is beating him up the Egyptian element within us, and put him in the sand. Why in the sand? Because the sand is his place. Because the sand is scatteredness. Everything like little grains, infinite grains, scatters and scatters. Because sand is the place of the Egyptian. When people, they want to multiply and multiply and multiply and exponentially develop and fragments. There is no relation to the source anymore. This is the moment that... Moses see, the Moses which lives in us all the time sees, notice that nobody will tell you now what to do. There's nobody there. It's your own decision. It's what you do and what you think. This is what, what will term the root of your life, not what others external told you. So far it's dependent on you now. So he looks, no one, and he makes a decision to beat up the Egyptian, to beat up Egyptian perspective that preach for multiplicity and exploitation. And what do you do with the remaining parts of this? You put it in the sand, in, in the scatteredness, because the Egyptian perspective preaches for expanding and separation. So we put him in the sand where he belongs, to the roots of this perspective. So I hope we have learned something from this conversation. If you have any questions or things are not really clarified, please ask and we shall return to you. We wish you a beautiful day and wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Bible Stories as Blueprints of the Soul. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to hear more about a certain topic, just write us an email to hebrew at learnoutlife.com. We are always happy to hear from you. For more episodes, videos, and articles like this, please visit our website at hebrew.learnoutlife.com. We also would like to invite you to join our live classes. Just search for Online College of Biblical Hebrew on Facebook and start learning now with students from all over the world. Kol Tuv and Shalom.